our podcast, The Language of Chocolate. In this podcast, we will teach you something more about how chocolate is used in high-class chocolatiers. Every week, we take you to a different chocolatier to see how they seduce customers from a linguistic perspective. I'm Emma. And I'm Amor. We are two language students at the University of Antwerp, and we will be your podcast hosts. of the language of chocolate podcast we are emma and amor and today we will take you to a very special house more specifically the house of pierre marcolini this belgian chocolatier is famous in the whole world for his delicious chocolates he has recently won the award for best pastry chef in the world during the virtual edition of world pastry stars 2020 pierre marcolini is known for artisanally producing his own high quality chocolate, selecting only the best chocolate beans from sustainable plantations in Brazil, Equatorial Guinea and Mexico. This rebel thinks outside the chocolate box and has done several artistic collaborations with luxury designers such as Yves Saint Laurent, Victoria Beckham and Tom Dixon. We have some very special guests for you today. First, we're going to start with some theory. But don't worry, it won't be boring, promised. Our first guest is Helen Willemsen. She will tell you more about the research of Dan Jurevsky, an American professor in linguistics who compared the language use of cheap and expensive restaurants. What does this have to do with chocolate, you ask? Well, let's find out. So hi Helen, welcome to our studio. Hi Emma, hi Amor, thanks for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be here. We are very happy to have you here and we're excited to hear about your findings. So what have you brought for us today? Yes, so today I'm here to tell you more about the research of Dan Jurasky, because I think his research on the language of food might be interesting for your podcast. For example, in one of his research projects, he studied the language of restaurant menus. Because it's true, right? You can often easily point out which menu is from a cheaper restaurant and which one belongs to a fancy restaurant. But do you know why exactly? There is a visual aspect, of course, since cheaper restaurants always put up a lot of pictures. But there is also some linguistic markers. For example, expensive restaurants use a lot of adjectives that describe the flavors. Um, think of things like zesty, creamy, crispy. Um, cheap menus, on the other hand, use filler words like delicious, freshly, flavorful. Expensive restaurants also love to use rare words and long words. However, and this might sound quite contradictory, in total, they don't use a lot of words to describe their dishes. As Jurewski describes it, expensive menus are linguistically modest. And this modest advertising is a way of displaying luxury status. Thank you, Helen, for your interesting comments on food language. No, I know what to pay attention to next time I go out for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> All this talk about food makes me hungry. <laughs> As the quote goes, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. We'll surprise you with a second special guest. Here is Shawnee Jongers, language expert. She will tell you more about the language use at Pierre Marcolini. Hi, I'm very happy to be here. First of all, I'm going to give you some insights into the name-giving of the chocolates. 
When you take a closer look at the names, you immediately see that some of them are named after Grand Cru wines. This association supports the idea that cocoa deserves a high status out of respect for its origins, just like fine wines. Another remarkable element is that some chocolate names refer to countries like Ecuador, Brazil, Madagascar or Venezuela. These country names are references to the countries of the cocoa plantations. Pierre Marcolini himself travels to exotic places every once in a while to select the best cocoa beans from local and independent producers. Eating chocolate that is named after these faraway places will give you a feeling of exclusivity. You get the idea that you travel around the world just by eating this chocolate. You travel to this particular country and its taste. So in the end, buying this chocolate makes you a high-class traveler. I also want to highlight the fact that the language used on the official website of Pierre Marcolini is used as a device to distinguish themselves from other chocolatiers. Even on the English website, they refer to themselves as Maison Pierre Marcolini and Eau Chocolaterie, showing that they're not just an ordinary chocolate shop. It's not the only time they persist in using French. Their heart-shaped chocolates are, for example, given names like Seduction Heart or Douceur Heart. They do this because French is considered to be the language of luxury, which fits their image perfectly. Another example of linguistic distinction on their website is the way they describe their chocolate boxes. These are all presented using a small text that contains distinctive terms like iconic, carefully sourced ingredients, passion, perfected, divine, etc. Thank you, Shauni, for these interesting comments. Now, let's dive deeper into this topic. We had the opportunity to ask Pierre Marcolini's retail director, Charlie Bourbon-Villalba, a few questions about the linguistic landscape. Charlie Bourbon has been specializing in the world of luxury and gastronomy for 12 years. Hello! Hello, good morning! Hello, finally! Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for coming. <laughs> Thank you for your You're time. welcome. So let's start with the interview. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so our first question was, uh, who decides the names uh, for the chocolates? Is this decided by the creators, so the chocolatiers, a marketing team, or Pierre Marcolini himself? And what is the main motivation for choosing his name, for choosing the names? We don't have a choosing name process, uh, if it exists. Uh, it really depends. Sometimes it's uh, Mr. Marcolini ideas, and since the beginning of the creation process, he got uh, a name uh, for that new product. Sometimes it's uh, the marketing team who decide about something because it's trendy or because it's close to something uh, with the chocolate. And sometimes we have several names and we discuss through uh, during commercial meeting, we say, okay, that new product, that new product, sorry, can call, uh, I don't know, Calin or Bonheur or, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Plaisir. Mm -hmm. And we, we think about it, we say, okay, maybe it's more powerful if we say Calin than happiness and it's more powerful and more selling if we say Calin than, uh, I don't know, uh, Lucky Charm. So we don't have a, a, a creation name process. It's depending on the situation. Yes. Okay. But the name is always in French. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Very interesting. Uh, we also took a look uh, at the website and we noticed that some of the chocolates are named like fine wines, like for example, Grand Cru. Uh, what is the reason for this specific association between chocolate and wine? 
we don't think as an association because uh, but as, as something very similar for chocolate and wine are the same it depends really on the land and uh, where it's produced so you can have the same trees of uh, wine uh, of uh, not wine but grapes in bordeaux or i don't know in california and the taste won't be the same and it's exactly the same for the chocolate so you can have two inch tree one in brazil and one in i don't know madagascar and the taste of the fruit will be totally different so this is why we we talk about Grand Cru because we really know the tree, we really know the exact part of the land where we take our chocolates. So we know the farms, we know the producer. Same as the wine. For for the wine, you have the chateau, you have the really precise um, uh, tree that make uh, a very specific bottle of wine, and we do the same for the chocolates. So for instance, for Chihuahua. Uh, it's a small village in Venezuela. We really know uh, with the bean bags from which tree it came. So okay. it's kind of the same process or really grand cru because we really know exactly where it comes from. Wow, from the specific tree. That's interesting. Mm -mm. Um, then the third uh, question was, uh, in interaction with customers, do your employees have to pay specific attention to their language? Uh, are there specific things they should uh, avoid, like dialect, informal usage of language, or uh, that they should adopt, uh, like, for example, a, a specific jargon or politeness forms? Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, first things first, we, we are a luxurious brand. So before being a chocolatier or a pâtisserie, we are a luxurious brand. So. We adopt all of the luxurious code. We adopt all of the luxurious attitude, but we are also a food business and a food company. So it's a luxury that everybody can enjoy. So we have to adapt also. And we are a Belgian company. So we have that kind of Belgian joie de vivre and happiness. So we have to translate that, but we are in a luxurious place. So um, our team has to know all of the luxurious attitude, the luxurious code. They have to talk with a certain way, to be discreet, to be um, really um, listening to the customer. But uh, they are warm, they are smiling because we are selling chocolate. It's happiness. So we, I told you, we have crazy Belgian. So we have to, to see that, but with that luxury attitude. So it's kind of I think easy for the team because they have a respect. They, they use correct languages. They use gourmet and gourmand vocabularies and words to talk about the chocolate. But they, they can be friend friendly. And as also for, for the boutique, uh, I think the personality of each manager is also very important. In some of the boutique are very, I don't know, luxurious area and everything. You have to have a manager really, really luxurious. So, someone coming from Chanel or Vuitton. And in some different places, I'm thinking about maybe Galerie Lafayette Gourmet. It's more about the food. It's not luxury, it's food business. So you have someone to be there really focused on food, really working like, like on the markets. So because it's all different concession and everything. So they have to, we have to find someone like that and coming from a food business, not, not from a luxurious business. So it's always um, like a... Um, I'm always saying that we are close to Chanel and a boulangerie and we have to move 
from Chanel and the Boulangerie for all of our codes because we need the traffic from Boulangerie, but the attitude from Chanel. So we all, always have to move like that. Very interesting, yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you so much. Thank you okay. so much for your Are we time. good? Yes? Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, perfect. So I go back to my, to my sales. Have okay. a nice day. Bye-bye. Have a nice day. Bye. Well, that was it for today. Next week, we'll take you to the chocolate line to explore the linguistic landscape there. We hope you enjoyed today's episode about Pierre Marcolini. Anyways, we were very pleased for having these fascinating guests here in our studio. Thank you for listening and until next week. Bye! Bye.